Welcome to the Beyond the Mic Show, a show where we interview top coaches, consultants, and experts about topics that will help you run your coaching business more profitably and serve your clients more effectively. I'm your host, Matt Walrath, and today's guest is Liz Germain. I met Liz in the jungle, and we enjoyed a good rap battle about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but that's not why I invited her on the show. Liz is a YouTube master, a true OG of this platform with the massive Super Sister Fitness channel, which has over 100,000 subscribers. And she is also my YouTube mentor. Liz has generated over 50 plus million organic views and tens of thousands of leads for online businesses using YouTube. She helps people set up video automation systems that help increase passive income and 10X their impact with YouTube SEO. And in this interview, we cover the five biggest mistakes Liz sees business owners making when they start with video marketing. And I literally made every single one of these mistakes until I took Liz's free trainings and eventually her video growth course, which are linked in the description below. I started, quit, started and quit video so many times, and I still have embarrassingly bad videos on this channel. But the thing is, even my worst videos generate leads for Beyond Macros. And with the information in this interview, you will learn how to do video right from the start. So without further ado, let's get into the show and turn you into a video pro. Hey Liz, welcome to the Beyond the Mic show. And I'm so excited to share with our viewers today all of your expertise about video marketing. And I know today we've got some fun topics that we decided to discuss about some of the big things that people do wrong with video marketing. And I really also want to dive into why people actually should do video marketing. Sweet. Well, you came to the right gal because that is literally what I live, breathe, eat, and sleep is video and especially YouTube. It's I am obsessed with YouTube. It's the best platform out there to get a message out to the world. And so anyone out there who has ever considered starting a channel or who maybe has one already but seems to be stuck or stagnant in their growth, this is for you because today we're going to be breaking down all the things not to do. And then I'm sure at the end, there'll be space for me to tell you some things that you can do if this is part of your, your journey and your goals. So yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat today. Me too. And really for the viewers who may not know this, you really were my first YouTube mentor. And I was so intimidated getting into video because I pretty much only had a phone and a ring light and a tripod. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so unprofessional. But you showed me, you're like, it doesn't matter. You can get professional later, but here's what you need to do to be successful with it. And the first video that I put up that I made with my phone ended up getting a ton of views and a ton of leads for my business, despite the fact that I am embarrassed of it. So <laughs> you definitely know uh, some secret sauce for bringing the most out of people. Yeah. And that's the thing is everybody makes it super overcomplicated and then it gives them that paralysis by perfectionism. So they never actually do it. And it just stays in that dream world of like, that would be cool if. And the cool part about 2019 when this is being recorded is that we can like people are more used to just holding up a phone and having a message to share. So really what it comes down to is confidence and just getting it out there and starting before you're ready. You got to jump in while the water is wet because if you sit and think about it forever, you're never going to do it. And the proof of that is in the pudding 
look at the last six months of your life. If you haven't done it yet, if you stay stuck thinking about it, you're probably not going to do it. So let's get out of that mindset and get these, whoever it is watching this, let's get you on the ball and making the right steps forward. So let's dive in, I guess, to the first things you should not do if you are jumping into video marketing and the world of YouTube. You ready? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Break it so down. Number one, this is the biggest mistake I see people make, not just on YouTube, but in their live videos, in just video content in general, is pointless rambling. Okay, so knock it off. Knock it off. The average attention span for millennials, I think, I just heard Peter Boog share the stat on his podcast is like nine seconds and a goldfish attention span is seven seconds. So we're like a couple shaves away from being fish, you guys. Like <laughs> this is the reality we live in now. So if you're in the practice of just putting the camera on and, and facing your fear, but not having a direction, not knowing who your demographic is, you should literally be talking to one specific person. So if you don't know who that is and you're just kind of all over the place and you're just trying to face that fear, recognize that that's not about the person on the other side of the screen who might be watching your content. It's actually about you. And anytime we make content or put a camera on us, when it's about us or what we want to get or what we're trying to gain from people or what we're trying to do because we think it's a good idea, you run into this pattern of pointless rambling because you've not yet identified who am I speaking to, what's keeping them up at night, what are their biggest problems and challenges, and what are the solutions that I know to be proven that I know can help support them. Every time you sit in front of a camera, you should have all of those things laid out and be speaking directly to that person, directly to the pain and challenges that they're facing in their life or ways that you can add more joy and enhancement to their life. And keep it simple. We've all heard that phrase before. Keep it simple, keep it straight to the point and address one thing at a time. All of the content, whether it's video or written, should be not about you and not about your idea. It should be literally about the other person and helping to support them. We've heard this before. If you're not nowhere new to marketing, you probably know that the money follows value. Your engagement follows value. So the more value you're providing for other people, which, which is a prerequisite, you've got to get out of your own way. It can't be about you. It's not about you. You become a leader. You become a voice. You become a permission path for other people to actually get the results in their life that they want. And the more people you can help support in doing that, the better your results will also be by default. So step one, first thing to avoid is pointless rambling. How do we do that? We make sure we know exactly who we're talking to, exactly what the pain points are that that person is facing or what the enhancements are, the results they're looking to get out of whatever specific niche topic that you are a specialist in. And then you're speaking directly into that pain, into those problems and challenges and providing solutions that you know to be proven that definitely work. And I promise you, if you do this efficiently, watch your engagement, watch your numbers, watch your subscribers, your views, all of it will skyrocket because yeah. people don't... Nine second attention span, you guys, that's nothing. <laughs> We're steps away from being fish. Okay. So that's number one. Yeah. And it's not just nine second attention span. It's also nine seconds of like, okay, I'm giving it my attention, but how is this going to help me? How is this going to help me survive and thrive? And I think it's funny right. because it's not just video where I see people pointless rambling, but oftentimes I'll look at other, let's say, nutrition coaches, Instagram feeds, and it's like, here's what to do about iron deficiency anemia. And here's what to eat for... And it's like things all over the place. And you can't tell who their target market is. It just says like nutrition coach in their bio line with an apple and remote coaching. And then their content's all over the place. So it's not just pointless rambling on video, but I see it so much with people's marketing because they don't know who they're talking to. And I think that's such an important point that you just brought up there. 
Yeah. And another really cool side note on that is if you're struggling to come up with content ideas around that or how to keep your content concise, what I typically recommend for people to do is create video content that, that shares the what and the why. So you're sharing a story, you're making it personable, relatable, et cetera. And you're sharing why this is important and why if, if you don't make a change now, or if you don't start adapting some of these things now, you're going to stay stuck in that pattern that you've been in. And let's look at that. And let's really analyze, do we want to stay stuck in that? No. Okay, great. And then your program, service, consulting, whatever sells the how. Mm. So if you can learn to tell stories in a really captivating way, in a personal, authentic, vulnerable, but not like, you know, crying your eyes out, there's a time and a place for that, you guys. <laughs> it's time and a place. All right, you still got to stay professional if this is something you want to turn into a business. But if you can learn to really master the art of storytelling and, and keep your video content on the front end centered around the what and the why, and then on the back end around the how, yeah, you're going to crush it. So that's number one. Big time. So ready for what's number two? <laughs> Coming in hot. So number two is not doing the advanced keyword research before creating the content. What I see, I see people do this all the time. When they first come to me, they're like, I have this idea, I have this idea. And it's in the same vein as number one. So when you do not do... And it doesn't necessarily have to be keyword research. If you're not on the YouTube platform, then this, you know, it could be hashtag research, it could be competitor research, it could be just general market research. But some level of research needs to be done before you ever sit down and hit record. And the reason for that is the same reason for number one, because one of the biggest mistakes I see people make when they're brand new starting out in video, especially on YouTube, is they have this idea in their head. Remember, this is all when it's coming from your head, it's all about you. And if people aren't paying attention, and they're also self, naturally as humans, we're all self-serving. We're like, what's in it for us? You know what I mean? Then it's not going to land with the person on the other side of the screen. So they have no reason to stay engaged. They have no reason to watch the whole thing. They have no reason to come back. Yeah. So not doing that advanced research beforehand. And honestly, the best thing you can do is, is all of them. Do the hashtag research, the competitor research, do the keyword research, do the niche research, and just learn the market and learn the language that the market is using already and join the conversation that's already happening in their head and in forums. One of the best ways that you can work around this, this whole big mistake of just like, well, I think I should do this. No, you, you should never be making content around what you think you should do. You should literally be going into Facebook groups in around that are centered around that topic, go to Reddit forums, go to other YouTube channels, YouTube videos that are on that topic, go to Instagram pages that are centered around that specific topic and literally go look at the comment section, see what people are saying. What are the things they're struggling with? What is the languaging that they're using? And then take that and do a little bit of research, plug it into Google. Google and YouTube both are search engines. So this is a really cool tool and this is completely free. Anyone can do this. We've all seen this too. We've all used Google. You go to Google, you start typing in those same phrases and see what the search bar auto-populates for you. That's a really great indicator that, that those are also really popular related searches to what you are typing in actively as you go. So don't ever reinvent the wheel. Just go where the water's already wet. Go to the pond if you want to drink water, right? I say that all the time. I feel like a broken record. But for some people, this is the first, it's like an epiphany. It's like, oh my God, that's so smart. And it's so obvious, right? When someone says it to you, it's so obvious. Like, oh, duh, why didn't I think of that? But yeah. you'd be so shocked at how many people skip this part. I would say nine out of 10 of the people that are brand new beginners to video marketing and YouTube who come through our programs just are stuck in the, well, here's what I want to do mm -hmm. mentality. And they've not 
sat down once to look at, okay, what's already working out there. You never want to reinvent the wheel. It is so competitive out there in the internet landscape and social media, yada, yada. There's a, you know, Sally and her mom have 16 Instagram accounts that are just crushing it, like hundreds of thousands of followers. There's no way you're going to ever be able to break into... Well, I don't want to say no way because I don't want to smash everyone's dream. Every once in a while, we do get a Justin Bieber among us, right? Like yeah. just like, no matter what he does, it's like everyone's enrolled, right? But for most people, the way to give yourself the best possible chances and to set yourself apart from all that competition and noise and distraction is to use the language that resonates with the person on the other side of the screen that they're already using in these chat groups, forums, Facebook groups, you know, on Instagram comment section, YouTube comment section, etc. So that would be the second one is make sure you do your research. Not doing the advanced keyword research beforehand is literally one of the worst things you can do. And it's not just keyword research. If you're really going to go next level, you want competitor research, market research, all the things. Find people that have already been successful in doing the thing that you envision yourself doing. And don't reinvent the wheel. Just emulate. You don't, don't copy. Don't plagiarize emulate the style and the systems that you have already been proven to be successful. On that note, I want to throw in, you know, bonus. I'm all about under-promising and (laughs) over-delivering. So I want to throw in a couple bonus things. If you are interested in learning keyword research and SEO, SEO, for those of you who are brand, brand new, total noobs is search engine optimization. You actually, when you first came to us with the YouTube course, you had some great Google SEO going on. But the thing a lot of people don't realize is Google owns YouTube. And Google is the number one search engine in the world. YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world and second most visited site in the world. So because Google owns YouTube, they work in tandem with one another. And both of those platforms are very, very similar. So mastering SEO to be able to pull in organic traffic and leads just by using keywords and keyword-based search results, you are able to just blow your competition out of the water because most of the people out there who are getting you know, massive Instagram pages and whatever, they have no clue about SEO because it's a little bit more technical. So I'm going to give your people three easy plugins that they can go... They're actually Google Chrome extensions that they can go install right now today to start learning keywords. And that is TubeBuddy, T-U-B-E-B-U-D-D-Y, VidIQ, and Keywords Everywhere. Those are They all offer free options for these softwares that you can add to your Google Chrome. And it will start populating keywords, showing you cost per click, showing you search volume monthly, showing you how competitive it is from an SEO perspective. And you always want to be looking for keywords that are high search volume, low competition. So that's just... We're getting a little nerdy, a little off track. Again, pointless rambling, knock it off. So we're going to go to number three. But I just did want to share those couple free tools because I'm a big fan of free tools. It changed Mm. my life. Yeah, I appreciate that because I'm using TubeBuddy currently and I'm on a paid version now and absolutely love it. But I hadn't heard of vidIQ and I used to use keywords everywhere, but it's not on my current Chrome installation. So that's going back on. Yeah, we we all need those reminders sometimes. So yeah, vidIQ does a lot of the same things that TubeBuddy does. It also shows you some other unique metrics like video velocity, also like to dislike ratio. So when you're doing that competitor research, you can spy on your competition and see what's working for them and what's not working for them, which will help inform your own content strategy. So, So yeah, in summary, point number two, don't skip doing the advanced research beforehand. Especially if you're going for YouTube, you got to learn how to do keyword research. If you need support, we're always here to help you learn how to do that as well. Hmm. Okay, number three. Ready? Yes, I am. 
Number three is skipping the whole beginning phase of the customer journey. So if you're brand new to your business or you're in the beginning phases of your business, or even for some people, they've been doing business for five, six years and they're like, wait, what? Customer ascension model? (laughs) So we're going to break this down for you real quick because you don't want to have your front end content strategy or your video content on the front end, just completely skip past where the market actually is because you're going to be speaking to crickets, right? So to understand what this means, with any successful business, there are tiers of a customer journey. And you've, heard, you've probably heard people describe the leads and sales process as dating. It's often compared to the romance, right? Like, so yeah. when we first meet each other, it's like, hey, we're speaking the same language. Do you want to get in the car? Do you want to go on a, a first date, right? But you wouldn't ask someone to marry you on the first date. This is what's called a value lead. So you're always leading with value. You're putting your best foot forward, your best content out there in the beginning so that you can really start to build a relationship, get to know, like, and trust one another and see if you're even aligned to continue forward in the customer journey. So beyond that, let's say you are super aligned. You guys are speaking the same language. You can for sure help this person with this problem or challenge that they're facing. Then they decide to buy your first level offer, right? Because they're still not ready to you know, drop 15K on your high ticket coaching program. However, they are ready to drop you know, maybe up to a couple grand, right? Or even a couple hundred bucks, right? So that's like your first beginner offer, right? But you have to have those tiers because if you want to grow and scale your business and you're just doing this one thing, you may end up lost in the weeds because you have to continually funnel people into that. The easiest way to make sales and grow and scale your business is to sell to the people who have already bought from you. You already have an established relationship and they already trust you. They already know they're going to get results from your stuff because if you're good at what you say you're good at, then you should be good to go. And the easiest time to sell to somebody is right after they've just bought something. So if you don't already have in mind the vision, you you may not necessarily need to have all those programs plotted out and created yet, but you need to have a, a customer ascension journey where when they get in the car with you or they say yes to a first date, you already have it in your mind the long term where they're going, the long-term journey of where this end result, where they're going to fully integrate and fully embody whatever it is that they're looking to create in their life. So on that note, when we understand that, if you are trying to create content that's speaking to this person who's already close to the results, because that's what you're a specialist in. Again, this is it's the same mistake with this one too. You're just in your own head. You know what you know, right? So, but if you're creating video content on the front end for somebody who's way down here, who just met you, who just discovered your content, they have no idea they even need mindset work to work through their money blocks or to work through their, you know, emotional eating patterns. They have no idea. And that's not what they're typing in on the internet anyway. The level of consciousness at which your customers, some of your best and most successful in the future customers are going to be at a very different level of consciousness than the absolute top tier program after you've already taken them through the customer journey and delivered the result that you are a specialist in. So circling all the way back, if we skip that starting phase of the customer journey, not only are we leaving money on the table, we're leaving opportunities on the table to change people's lives for the better. And we're leaving a whole segment of the market out of what could potentially be that trigger for them to end up taking the full customer journey. So what, what this looks like in practice, and this is what I see the most often, is you'll get like a health coach or you'll get like a business coach and they just jump right into creating mindset content. But the thing is, 
mindset content, again, is not necessary, or, or this is another one too, self-love content. I get that all the time. I just yeah. want to make videos about self-love. I'm like, okay, well, let's dive a little deeper. What does that mean? What does that mean to the person on the other side of the screen? What does that mean to your best client? Did they come to you saying, you know, I just really don't know how to love myself. Of course they didn't. That's what you're there to teach them. So I guarantee those people probably came to you because they're like, you know, I really just want to lose like 20 or 30 pounds because I want my clothes to fit better and I want to look good for my spouse. Right. Or, you know, I just, I can't, I can't go through another month of not being able to pay my bills. Right. Like those are the issues. Those are the real tangible day-to-day struggles that people are facing. And that is what your content should be structured around. Not Here's the solution. We know the solution is self-love. We know it's emotional processing in a healthy way. We know it's money mindset stuff. Like we know that because we're in the coaching space, right? Yeah. But your customer doesn't know that yet. They don't even know that world exists. So don't skip past the beginning phase of the customer journey. Meet the market where they're at. And again, this comes back to using the same language they are already using in the forums, in the chat rooms, and really identifying what is the biggest problem and challenge that they're facing that I can help them solve. So that's the third one. Yeah. And it's so funny because I've found now that I'm creating a lot more YouTube content that the content that I'm creating is so much more keyword driven because I realize the people coming in are the ones who are searching for that. And eventually they'll be ready for this higher level content that I'm creating. I've actually started to realize that whenever I create something, I'm like, wow, that's got really low search volume, but I know that's something they need. That's the type of thing that goes into a course that I'm creating or that goes into a high value piece of content that I'm creating for the people that are already inside and clients that I'm currently working with. And that's one of the ways that it's really helped me feel like I'm not like selling out, if you will, where it's like, oh, I'm only creating content based off the conversations that are happening. What about the stuff I want to create? And then I realized <laughs> like the stuff I want to create is based off of those clients I already have. So I have an audience for that by paying clients. And then I have this other audience, people who will eventually be there joining that conversation that I want to have with them. And I know that they need to have. Totally. It's casting a wider net is essentially what it is. So, you know, if you want to grow and scale your business, cast a wider net and speak to larger audiences and people will self-qualify. Like they'll, they'll qualify themselves whether they want to continue on the customer journey with you or not. But it would be remiss of any of us who have gifts, who have talents, who have skills that literally can help change people's lives at a root level for us not to cast a wider net. Because then we're being selfish. We're keeping that information and that knowledge and that opportunity to ourselves. And that's not cool. It's yeah. not selling out. It's being smart. And it's also giving people the invitation and the opportunity to make transformation in their lives. And I don't know about you, but I am a strong stand for that. And I choose leadership in every area, even if it means I need to create a program that maybe would not be what I would naturally call it, but based on search volume, I'm going to call it that, right? Because that's what the the market is saying they want. And then I'm going to teach them what they need inside of it. Yeah. So that's a biggie. Thanks for bringing that up. So number four is doing the same thing on every platform. So not really understanding the intricacies or the unique tendencies of each platform. So I already mentioned that Google owns YouTube, but a lot of people already know that Facebook owns Instagram. Google and Facebook are each other's biggest competitors. They're constantly trying to outdo each other, take over market share of, you know, the video space. Like Facebook came out with their live feed. Now they're they're offering more opportunities for content sponsorship over there. They've come out with a whole like office suite. I don't know if, if you guys have Facebook pages, I'm sure you've seen this. And Google, same thing. They tried to do, they tried to take over the social platform with Google Plus. It was a total tank. <laughs> 
because the market was like, I don't know why you guys are trying to be the same thing. We want to use Facebook and Instagram for social and we want to use Google and YouTube for learning. So the mistake that people make is treating them both as if they're the same thing. Yeah. Facebook and Instagram are designed for social interaction and community engagement. Not that YouTube and Google aren't, but YouTube and Google are really where people go who are hungry to learn something and to solve problems. So in a way, they're almost pre-qualified and ready to buy. At yeah. least a lot more than people scrolling and doing the slot machine app thing on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like think about it from a social dynamic. It makes sense, right? I mean, how do you use your phone? Do you go to Facebook and Instagram to buy stuff? No, not usually. You go to Amazon or you Google it. Or you might watch reviews on YouTube, right? So think about the psychology of the buyer and give yourself the best opportunity to get in front of and provide value for somebody who's already pre-qualified or in a buying mood or looking to solve a specific problem and challenge. Don't treat both platforms the same. What this looks like is in practice, a lot of people will do a Facebook Live video and they're like, I crushed it. I had so many comments and likes and whatever. So they download that video and they upload it straight to YouTube without changing a thing. This is yeah. a big no-no. People ask me this all the time. Should, is it okay to just up, upload Facebook Live videos to YouTube? My answer is no. I really don't think that's a good strategy. They are such different platforms and people from YouTube can find you from all over the world 24-7 just by typing in, if you've done your keywords correctly, just by typing in whatever the keyword that you've targeted is. So they have no idea that you know this is a, an interactive thing. And it also comes across as really lazy. So... One thing that people, when they hear this, is they get overwhelmed. They're like, oh, shoot. So I have to create new content for every single platform? I'm already struggling to create the content I'm, I'm doing on one. You know? Yeah. I know. Trust me. I know. It can be overwhelming. So what I always recommend is to batch film your content and start with YouTube because YouTube is, the, is probably the most time-consuming and challenging one to master. But once you do, it's so cool because you can take snippets of those videos, turn them into little previews or little highlight reels for Facebook and Instagram. And you can also strip the audio, have that be a podcast audio. There's so many different ways that you, you can get your videos transcribed and have those be turned into blog posts. If you have one piece of core content and considering that YouTube is one of the most challenging ones to get it all right, but it also gives you the most materials to work with, why wouldn't you master that first and then use segments of that, like stripping the audio, taking little cuts, etc., making highlight reels for these other social media platforms? Like, why wouldn't you do that? It just exactly. makes sense. If we're going, if we're going after the goal is to work smarter, not harder. I don't know about you guys, but all day, every day, I'm going, I'm going with the YouTube route first. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's really important to understand the unique intricacies of each algorithm and each platform and what it's actually used for. And also understanding the user psychology behind the people that are actually consuming the content on each of those platforms. Yeah. It's been a really interesting journey for me there because the reason that I started this Beyond the Mic show on YouTube is because then... Just like you mentioned, I can strip the audio and that can go onto my podcast. But with my podcast, I have tried in the past to take the audio and then just like, you know, pictures of each of us and a background or an audiogram, things of that nature, and then put that onto YouTube. And it gets no views, no engagement, the watch time's super low. Nobody wants that. And that podcast could then be leveraged to make a blog post, but then visual social platforms like Instagram and Facebook, you know, Facebook, people don't want to read a big, long chunk of text that doesn't have an image or a video attached. So for me, 
just ascending one more level from that audio content that could be leveraged to the video content that could be leveraged for other platforms completely changed the game. And it massively has reduced the amount of time that I spend creating content. I create it for video first, and then that can be used and leveraged to create content for all the different platforms. And just like you said, making sure that I understand how to put the right spin on that content for each of the platforms is where the additional work comes in, but it's so small in comparison. Totally. Yeah. That was another question that I get all the time is, can I just upload my podcast recording and put like a cover image as the video? I don't recommend doing that either for the same reason. I think a little side note or a little bonus tip here, it's really important to understand who your demographic is and the way in which they're already interacting the most on the internet. So let's say your demographic is 60 plus men. They might want to read, like they might read, like, like old style newspaper style, you know, they don't necessarily need all the flashy bells and whistles, you know, and I know this because that's my, my dad's in that demographic. Yeah. He's like, I just want to read financial reports. And he wants to like, look at the data and the numbers. He doesn't care about images or video. But if you're speaking to millennials, it's an absolute must. You need video and you need to be engaging and lively on video and draw those people in. So I would say first, before you pick a platform to really focus on and go all in on, know who you're speaking to. Because that's very, very, very important. And that will help direct what you do down the road. But if and when you decide the video and images and all that and audio is something you need, why not do the one thing that has all of those that you can then pick and cherry pick whatever you need from it to spread out to the rest of it, of the rest of the platforms. So yeah, it's true. It's very true. And it does save so much time, so much Mm -hmm. time. Because then you can outsource it. You create a system. You can hire somebody overseas and just have them, you know, take the audio, transcribe it, whatever. There's so many different sites out there that we have resources and access to these days that there's no excuse anymore. The excuse excuse is just, we don't want to hear that, okay? (laughs) We're all living in 2019. We're all in it together, okay? So wrapping that one up, the last and final one that I have is trying to cram way too much info into a single video and along the same line, trying to be everything to everyone. Especially if you're in the beginning phase or your business is not fully established, you've not been around for many years, maybe you don't know who you're talking to yet. And because you're still stuck in the mindset of, well, this is what I want to do. I like ponies and I like healthy recipes and I like family time and I like jet skis. Like I want to make content around all of it. First of all, relax. Okay. If you're just starting out, you need to pick a niche. You don't need to stay in that niche forever. You, it's not like building prison walls for yourself. But in order to stand out and grow that, that healthy tribe of a thousand true fans, you got to niche it down, honey. And pick one or two things that you can really maximize and really specialize in, which is going to give you that initial leverage. And then people start to get to know you. And we know that you're a human. We know you have other interests. That can come later. Okay? You got to... It's almost like you got to get skin in the game first. And one of the easiest ways to grow faster, especially on YouTube, but really on any platform, is to niche your content down, know who you're speaking to, and have a purpose behind the content. What is the overarching parent category, if you will, of the content that you're creating? And how is that relevant in serving the audience you're speaking to? So don't try to be everything to everyone. Don't try to do everything under the sun. And definitely don't try to answer every single question that anyone ever had about, you know, biophysics in one video. It's just too much. <laughs> Nobody's going to watch it. But on that note, if you're getting into YouTube specifically, 
longer videos do typically tend to perform better. So in general, 10 to 15 minute videos, that's about the sweet spot. They've done studies on all of the the average time of first page ranking videos on Google and YouTube. And the average time is about 14 minutes, 50 seconds. Mm. So aim to make it specifically for YouTube. 10 to 15 minutes is like the sweet spot. If you want to go 20 minutes, 25, and you're getting that watch time and you're getting the data and, and feedback that that's actually what your audience wants, cool, go with it. Because watch time is super important. But in general, for most people, don't try to reinvent, you know, don't try to be in Wikipedia, right? Don't be Encyclopedia Britannica, okay? People want quick answers. They want to know exactly what they're going to get in this video. And they want to know that you're going to be solving a problem because people are busy. They don't have a whole lot of time. They want to get right to the point. So knit your content down, identify what your parent category is, create some subcategories that are related to that parent category. And then within that, you can create individual videos, which is cool on YouTube too, because then you can put those individual videos into playlists which help to boost your watch time, which also help you to get discovered, which help keep your content organized. There's all these different ways to, to really maximize on YouTube. But in general, don't try to answer everything in one video because circling back to number one, you end up pointless rambling. And no, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> nope, definitely not. And just to clarify for the viewers really quickly, so like the parent category of content that you were talking about, for example, for this channel is nutrition coaching content. And then our subcategories are that we have nutrition education, we have education for coaches, and then we have some things to help with meal prep. Of course, we have this interview show, but those are kind of like the subcategories under the nutrition coaching parent category. So you might have something that's a little bit bigger, but then you have these little things where you have a lot of focus, correct? Yeah, totally. And the, the cool part is too, since YouTube especially mirrors the way that Google is set up, you'll see this in any basic website as well. The parent category is the homepage, right? It's whatever the website is about. And then you have the navigation bar, which is almost like your playlist or your subcategories, right? And if you go to moz.com, they really break this down. It's called the siloing. I think it's called siloing. Silo, S-I-L-O. Mm -hmm. Just look up silo technique or whatever, and it will show you how you should be structuring your website for Google SEO. YouTube works very much in a similar way, except for navigation bar categories are the playlist options. So just yeah. make sure that you're siloing your content and that it's, it's, it's tiered down. It's trickling down into more relevant things, the more specific you get. And yeah, what that's yeah. going to do is let's say somebody does find, because you chose a niche video and you use keywords correctly, somebody finds your video organically. They basically, if they watch that, they're raising their hand saying, I want more information like this. And guess what? You've already done the due diligence to make sure your content is structured enough so that it's all in a playlist right there for them, which is going to yeah. what? Help your watch time go through the freaking roof. Because if somebody watched one video and they loved it and it was succinct and spoken to something they were interested in, chances are they're going to watch three or four or more of those videos. The average watch time for session watch time for somebody on YouTube, I think the last time I checked, it was like four hours or something. Like what? just insane. That's in, that is so crazy. And think about this too. Like it, it's not necessarily that they're like glued to the screen the whole time, but you, it's yeah. the same way a podcast work. You can put a YouTube video on because of the autoplay feature. It'll just keep going and going and going and going. And a lot of people use YouTube the same way they use TV. They just have it on. Yeah. And if you're the one that's yakking into the screen, great. All the more, all the better because you're building that relationship with people. So yeah, yeah this is something not to be 
looked over. Don't try to cram all the info into one video and definitely don't try to be everything to everyone, especially if you're just starting out. Get specific. Yeah. And just to clarify with not trying to cram all the info into one video, you essentially mean that if there's a topic, like you said with Wikipedia, there might be a topic, let's say it's on your hometown and there's the demographics of your hometown, the history of your hometown, the things to do in your hometown. You don't want to make a video about your hometown with all of those things because people might only want to know about the demographics of your hometown and they might only want to know about the culture of your hometown and they can find those videos that go, let's say, a mile deep instead of a mile wide. And if you have a playlist with each of those videos, if someone's interested in everything, they can find it and they can binge watch it. Totally. And on that note too, what you can do instead is create a summary video of here's the best part, the top 10 best parts about living in this town or top 10 coolest facts about this town that kind of gives a summary of it and then points people to those other specific videos, mm-hmm. which is a, a technique that we call content cycling. So yeah. once somebody does find your video, you want to implement this technique called content cycling where you're referring them to other videos. It's almost like the video version of backlinks. Yeah. Ah, oh, you're such a ninja. Yeah, which you can also do with info cards. But that's like, that's beyond the scope of what we're chatting about today. This is really just an introduction to what not to do, especially in video marketing, but YouTube specifically. And if anyone wants to learn more about the specifics of, of the mechanics and the technicalities around keywords and what tools are available to you on YouTube to organize your content, how to really get clear, how to batch film your content, how to make sure it's professional, etc. And how to use it as a lead magnet to get people into your back-end video funnels, which is where the real fun gets started. That's what we specialize in. Yeah. So then Liz, where can... Because you do have a free resource on how to get started with YouTube and video marketing. So where can people find that? Because I'll link that up in the description. And I'll also link up the course that I did and got so much value out of. Yeah. So same thing. It's the video growth course. So you can go to videogrowthcourse.com or again, we'll link it up for you guys down below, but you can set up a free account and get access to a free 60 minute training around why YouTube is so magnificent and awesome for every new online business owner or even established business owners who want to just grow and scale their business. And then if you are wanting to get the growth hacks guide. We also have that available, um, which we can link up down below. It's a five-step process to make sure you're setting your channel up for success and how to set yourself up for long-term growth. So those are the two free options that we have. Um, And then beyond that, we can chat about more specialty stuff if someone's interested, but I'm not going to yak people's ear off because I hate when people do that. I'm like, "Mm, just give me the website. I'll see it on my own. (laughs) Yeah. And I can absolutely vouch for it. I've been through the course. I've worked with Liz. And it's something that I actually revisit regularly. And I hope you don't mind, Liz, but I showed my assistant a few uh, videos within it to help me out. That's Um, okay. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's fantastic. So um, I'll definitely link those up below, even the free resources that Liz gives out within her Facebook group, because you do have a Facebook group that I'll link up as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I get so much value out of everything that you put out from Facebook to the more structured stuff within Video Growth Course. So I want to make sure everybody's got those resources in the links below as well. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Definitely join the Facebook group. It's a way to get direct access to me and ask any questions that you have. You can share your channel links in there so we can take a look and see how we might be able to support you or just give you some more free resources, point you in the right direction, stuff like that. And just engage with other people who are on this journey with you. So thanks for reminding me of that as well. I love, I love the Facebook group. It's so fun in there. Yeah, it's so good. 
Well, Liz, thank you so much because I think anybody who's either already doing video, just getting their toes wet, or is actually planning on doing video, just save themselves so much time and frustration by just listening to those five tips. So if you are doing video, if you are planning on doing video, make sure that you revisit this interview, take notes, get out a pen and paper, and just absolutely at all costs, avoid those five things that Liz just broke down for us. Yeah. And if you want a quick write-up of that too, I'd be happy to send that to anybody who doesn't want to actually get out pen and paper old school. We, I already have this all written for you guys. So I'd be happy to just shoot that your way. Sweet. Well, yeah, we can also link that up in uh, the description as well. Sweet. All right. Sweet. Well, thanks Matt, for having me. This has been so much fun. Good luck to everybody out there. Video is not as hard as you're making it out to be. And I just want to end on this note. Anyone can be successful on YouTube and anyone can figure out video marketing. And I promise you, once you get over that initial learning curve and that initial hurdle of just getting yourself out of your head and onto the camera, it's going to be worth your time. It will save you so much energy, so much time, so much money over the long haul of your online business. It is a skill you absolutely must master and anyone can freaking do it. If little kids can do this, absolutely, yes, you can too. So get out of your own way. You've got this and I'm here to support you. I'm your biggest fan. I'm here cheering you on in the background and I cannot wait to get to know you better. And thank you again so much, Matt, for having me today. I am really excited to watch your guys' growth and everything that you're doing is so needed in the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being such a beautiful soul. Oh, my absolute pleasure, Liz. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Liz Germain. If you haven't already, join the online nutrition coach community at beyondmacros.com slash coach community, all one word. Hop in there and tell me which one of these video mistakes you've made or which of these mistakes you're glad you won't have to suffer through. And if you are interested in the video trainings Liz has on offer, in the description there, you'll find links to both her free trainings and the video growth course, which helped me finally break through the overwhelm and make video marketing a key part of my business. I always appreciate reading your reviews on iTunes. And please make sure to subscribe to the channel to get notified when we release new shows to help you run your coaching business more profitably and serve your clients more effectively. Much love beyond macros heroes. I'll see you next time.